A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, people, this is DJ. And this is Ish. And, and this, this is Season 4 of Better Let Me Tell You. That's the perfect start to episode 154. <laughs> you did not record that. I did. No, you didn't. I no, did. No, you didn't. You didn't. Okay, you need to edit that out. Like, now. Like, now. Like, seriously. <laughs> nope. Okay, did you do that on purpose? Of course I did. Because you said there was an error with the card. <laughs> well, there was, but you know, it got, like, fixed. Also, I started recording right when I'm, like... Yeah, when you're being the yin-yang twin. <laughs> Britney Spears and the yin-yang twins. Might as well let the party begin. I don't know if I like that song. I mean, honestly, I don't dislike it. That's a type, that's a song that whenever it pops up randomly, I listen to like the first right, 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 ten seconds, and I'm like, eh, next, yeah. But you know, that's only because you know you always want to get naked because you've got a plan. That's true. Wow. <laughs> anyway, well, everybody, welcome to episode one fifty four. One fifty four. We decided to start with Britney Corner. Yes, <laughs> we're recording. <laughs> our our show later than usual on yeah. Fake Friday, so it's like. But let me tell you, after dark. Oh, <laughs> should we have candles lit? No, there's a lot of fluorescent lighting in our studio, <laughs> so I got to work on the lighting. The we know antithesis. we know we know how bad overhead lighting is. It's welcome true. everybody. Welcome, welcome. How how is everybody? How's every, how was everybody's week? Uh, I think everybody's doing good. You know who you know who is doing pretty good though. Who you and me. You want to tell the people why we're we're excited and, and looking oh, forward to some cool stuff? Y- yes. So, in addition to doing trivia, which will be coming back in May as well. Wow, we are like a powerhouse. We are <laughs> we're making money moves, as they say. So, first of all, welcome everybody again <laughs> to episode one fifty four. We hope everybody had a great week. Thank you again for joining us. So, since you are listeners, you're kind of like our extended family. We're all primos. And we're all primos. We want to let you in on a little 
now like the worst worst kept secret, secret. because it's being broadcast out. Yeah. So Ish and I are getting into the chicken business. Yes, we've bought a farm. <laughs> we bought a farm. Organic eggs for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have organic eggs now. This is true. My parents have gallos y gallinas in, la ca- in their well, house. I, I don't think the gallos are the ones giving the eggs. No, no. Well, but we need la- the gallos. <laughs> That's no? true. It's a very good. It's a well. No, you need the gallo to have more gallinas. But the, the, right. But la gallina is going to lay the egg regardless. Well, how the hell is she going to get fertilized? Yeah, but or, or, you don't eat a fertilized egg. Right, but how is she going to have the egg if she doesn't have a gallo? That doesn't doesn't that just come out? <laughs> okay. And no, see, my mom my mom takes pride of the fact that Tristan has, like, pure organic, organic eggs from Westchester. <laughs> from the middle of Westchester. Aww. Anyway. Artisanal. But, but, um, so, we are getting into the chicken wing business. Yes. Chicken so, wings. we have a, a little side gig called Ping Pang Pollo. Yes, we do. And, um, we're really excited to share this with you guys. Um, you know, we, one of the kind of great things that we've uh, sort of um, discovered uh, of the podcast is that in the four seasons we've been doing this show, we've met a lot of people. And, a lot of inspiring people. And, you know, some have inspired us, some have, you know, really um, taken us we've aback by their stories, some we've learned from, mm-hmm. we've made amazing friends, and which are like family now. Um but there have there have been people that have been very inspirational, and yeah. you know we we've interviewed people like Andrew from Night Owl, um, a, Alex and Vicky from Dos Croquetas, a, a Danny and Rosa. From well, Sanguish. we haven't had them on the show yet, but well, we've met them. We, yeah. Yes, exactly. We haven't <laughs> had them on the show, but we've met them. We come to them, and these are people who've been like extremely successful in what they've done and um you know these are all people that had like different things going on and you know Danny and Rosa oh, specifically Rosa. were professionals yeah. you know she was an attorney and and now they have like the most popular sandwich shop in Miami so taking that you know kind of like putting that in the, in the back burner you know what we learned was that these are people who've been extremely successful and they created these this product from really nothing um yeah you know i love andrew's story on how like he literally burnt his parents kitchen down <laughs> trying to figure out the right recipe yeah. for his cookies you know and he is not a chef by you know right. by background right it's, it's not, not like, like his mom was betty crocker right, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah no <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know what the Cuban equivalent of that would be. A Betty but... Crocker? I don't know, Vicky. Vicky that's true. Vicky from the Croquetas would be the Betty Crocker. Um, but but anyway, the point is that, you know, they, they kind of inspired us to kind of take a leap of faith. And I had, I for years, I've kind of had this recipe for uh, chicken wings. And um, everybody tells me every time they have them that they are the best chicken wings they've ever had. Yes, and we pay none of them. <laughs> and I, I I got this told over and over again and then it got to a point that I was like hmm wait I think we have something we going might on have here. something here yeah. and we've had like kind of taste testings we've had I guess we could say we've had um like survey groups yeah um, uh, focus groups focus groups focus right groups, yeah. we've had focus groups we did different things with them you know to yeah. rate them and all that so as we record this we're gonna have our third our group, final our focus final group, group yeah. this weekend yeah. um no we've had more than 
we've had more than three. Um, we've had several, and we have like different flavors and a bunch of different stuff that we're gonna. Um, you know, we're gonna let, keep you up to date. We're gonna keep you up to date. But on May twentieth, yes, we have our premiere pop up at Union Beer, ahí en la ocho historic calle ocho. Um, it's gonna be May twentieth. That is a Thursday. Um, we're gonna be there starting at like five. Oh, we might get there the day before to start we, prepping. We might be so excited that we'll just, you know, start prepping on I'm Tuesday. I'm going to be so wired about the chicken wings. I'm like, I'm going to have that. I, I, I'm going to have that, like, feeling of, like, when you are excited about something, but you're also, like, terrified and you want to throw up, you know? Oh, like you're about to go on stage. Yes. Yeah. But this is going to be me cooking the chicken wings. So don't throw up. No. Okay. Because no, that's no, no. not sanitary. No, no, no. We don't want that. No, 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 so, no, no. Ooh, I want to get you a hairnet now that I'm thinking about I'm it. I'm not wearing a hairnet. Um, you got to wear something, a hat. A hat. Well, okay. I'll wear a okay. hat. Okay. But anyway. Sería como que the first day out, people are eating our wings y un pelo tuyo está allá adentro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we will go by all sanitary uh, yes, requirements. requirements yeah. But anyway, uh, so we have this side gig going on now called Ping Pong Pollo. Yep. And you can find us on Instagram at Ping Pong Pollo MIA. And no. And we're really Stay excited. Tuned. We think. We are like really proud of the product. We yeah, think it's very much really, so. really good. And wait till uh, you guys hear what the premiere product is. You're gonna freaking love it. Yeah, um, we're really proud of it. We're excited about it. I think everybody's gonna love it. Uh, but you know, so we'll, get V to Union Beer on May twentieth. Yes. And even and, if you're not in Miami, hop a plane. You have time. And you know, again, thank you to all of you guys who been listening to us for the last few years uh you know um it, it's been part you know you have been part of the journey yeah so well, we're here because of them well yes realistically i yeah. mean yeah so, so it, it's you've it's, it's our shared journey so uh follow us find us and follow us at yeah. uh on instagram bing bang boyo m-i-a um and we're gonna be posting a lot of content there with like pop-up dates and you know what you can expect when you go, because um, I'm just gonna let you guys know, we're it's not gonna be your typical run of the mill like buffalo and barbecue. Nay, nay. Um, not that we don't like buffalo and barbecue. But you know, okay, we we love it, but they've been listening to us for four years. They know right. we're not gonna we do have, something. We have average. our own angle, so yeah, they know they know what so to expect. We're really excited to share with this this with you yeah. guys so. and you know we'll be posting it on our on our insta as well so, so thank yeah. you thank you thank you i hope demi lovato goes and she's not triggered by any of oh. our flavors. well union beer doesn't have any like diet beer <laughs> so she should be fine right. so i hope so but whatever i love demi lovato so but you know she's california sober and they don't have wine so maybe that would be a trigger for her <laughs> so oh yeah not sure no <laughs> Moving, moving right along <laughs> moving here. briskly along. Speaking of food. As we love to do. We cannot be a Miami-based podcast uh, or Miami content podcast without talking briefly and mourning the loss of a true Miami yeah. staple, which is Swenson's. So yeah. as many of you probably have heard this week, Swenson's on US 157th yeah. closed. Closed. And I have to tell you that this one hurts a lot. This is what 44 years they've been around? 44 years. Yeah. This one hurts a lot because I hadn't been there in a while but it just it stung. 
Oh, I really? You haven't been? Well, I mean, again, it's been a year, so. Well, like, yes, yeah, okay. COVID. But. I haven't been since COVID, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, Swenson is one of those places I never stopped going. Yeah. I mean, there'll be times that I would go more often than others, right, 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 but right, right. it was never a place that I stopped going. Like, my parents love Swenson. Oh, my, my nephews love going to Swenson. Well, I told you the time that we went to Swenson that we bumped into your parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, they were there with, with my nephews. <laughs> yeah. Because it, what I loved about Swenson was, which I mean, it's what everybody loved, is Yes, the interior was like old fashioned, the Tiffany lamps. Yeah, like an ice cream you know, shoppy. Like yes, like <laughs> old school. But it felt so like homey and warm and intimate, you yeah. know? Yeah. And and you know, you could make the argument that it was sort of like an elevated Denny's, but Denny's seems very eh, yes very no. Denny's and no no hate no, to de- Denny's. Listen, we've spent many no a night Denny's. at Denny's. Denny's is very like corporate, you know, this is Denny's. It, it, it is very this is the brand identity. Right. And I know that Swenson's to a large part was a brand. Um at one point there was like a bunch of Swenson's yeah, around yeah, the yeah. country. But Swenson's one of, what, the one the in US three? one being that it was like the main one here. Yeah. It felt well, the very, only one here. It felt very like homey. It felt like a mom and pop. Yeah. Even yeah. though it wasn't. And I loved, I loved that you can go and and their ice cream honestly wasn't even the best ice cream. But it was the whole presentation, yes. and the Sunday and the with like the gooey stuff yes, and all that. And yes. I loved, I loved their tacky menu. Oh, the original menu. Yeah, that I'm like I would have never like if I got hired to design a menu, I would have never designed that menu. But it sort of worked. They, you know, the it, tacky it went with the mom and pop of it. Yeah, all. I yeah. remember a few years ago when they like redid their menu. It was that it was like this leather bound menu with like inserts. I'm like, no, no, like, no. <laughs> no, no. It's like going to McDonald's now and none of them have a so, playground. So you know what bothers me so much that at one point. Remember that I used to what my my first job actually You were like next door. I was in the building behind it. <laughs> yeah. So my life consisted oh. of oh, crossing the street, going this this was A my Friday. Fridays yes. when I would get paid. Yeah. I would because I worked my first job. Everybody was uh, I worked at a like a small water metering company, at fifteen seventy Madruga Avenue. Wow, yeah, fifteen seventy. It's the building literally behind Swenson's. That now it's like a, a school. It's like a, isn't it part of the? No, it's not the Whole Foods. No, 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 no. It, now it's like a, some international vocational school. I don't know, um, but I worked there throughout high school and my first couple of years of college, and. Um, Literally, my Fridays, I would get my check because I didn't have direct deposit. I would go deposit it or cash it at the bank, right. which was like right across the street. Across well. the street. So then I'd go to Specs Music. Of course. I would buy my CD and my imports. Oh. My imported, you know, I would always go to the import section. And then you would go to Swenson's. And then I would go to Swenson's. And you would open up and look through the CD booklets. Of course. Oh. And, and. I just got sad. And, I want that to and, be a Friday. And, and. On the other side of Swenson's was CD Warehouse. They that's were the right. new CDs. So that's right. That little area there was freaking lit as fuck. fuck I forgot about CD Warehouse oh until God, right yes. now. If you go through my, you know, you know, I have like five thousand CDs. Yeah. If you go through my CDs at my parents' house, because all my CDs are at my parents' house in my old room, um, you will see the CDs I bought at CD Warehouse because they're the ones at the side are kind of like yeah, there's a little it, piece that's scratched. Little, yeah, the little um, indentation or like yeah. yeah, or because of the. Because they were resold, um, yeah. CD Warehouse, and I would remember I would go to CD Warehouse and just look through all like the you know used CDs. I still have the Debbie Gibson Body Mind Soul that I got there. That's where I got it too. <laughs> there are a lot. <laughs> um, and what was great about CD Warehouse is that the CDs were all open. Yeah, so you could go through like the booklet. So I mean, memories. And no, no. What what hurts the most about 
like specs being gone right. is that they tore it down and built a bank. Yeah, the only thing that would have been worse is they put a CVS. No. Well, <laughs> no, because at least CVS has a lot of things. Do it out. They're going to close Swenson down and make it a mattress giant. Why a mattress giant? Because that's what they do. They make it like a, either a mattress giant or some like generic, like ugly ass like store. You know, see for a while. If this had been like maybe ten years ago, I would have said they're gonna tear it all down and put up a storage. Oh, yeah, you're right. Remember on the Miami local heel? Yeah, with mini storages, mini storages everywhere. It was like there aren't this many people to store this much stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a, it was great. Like it, Swenson's, like it, it, I have to tell you, it really hurts. And Swenson's is one of those places that, if you really stop to think about it, nothing in Swenson's was like amazing. Like oh my gosh, yeah, this is like the best whatever. No. Although their sourdough sandwiches were sp- like just gonna the say. best because there's not a lot of places that do sourdough, sourdough here. Sandwich. No, no. Um, although I know somebody, we know somebody who may know how to do them. Oh, I have no doubt. <laughs> Jeff. Um <laughs> but anyway, uh but yeah. Yeah, but but Swenson's this one hurt man. It really yeah. really did. It really did cuz I feel that it's also one of the you know Miami can also be such a pretentious place and You don't say. And you know I I don't know, it's just this was so not It's refreshing. It's ref- it was so like just show Hi, up. Come I, to our like. Just have. Like, Swenson's hadn't been updated, I think, since it opened. <laughs> yeah, like just the just come have a milkshake, a burger, and then have a gigantic ice cream yeah. sundae. That's it, and that's it, and like life is good. And for and it was like twenty five dollars. Like, yes, <laughs> it was like just and life was good. <laughs> and life was but good. you know whatever, we can't have nice things. We cannot have nice things. Damn so, it! Yeah. Oh, by the way, by the way, okay. Biden, Joe Biden, is not getting rid of burgers. I'm sorry, why is You know this? that was the whole thing, right? Not even a little bit. Oh, on like right-wing uh, uh, media? Why is he being sponsored by Impossible? So, Me? you know the whole green plan? The new, yes, the new the, green deal? Yes. Part of it is reducing um, uh, the uh, carbon uh, footprint of like large... Um, yeah, like owl, uh, cows. Cows, cows right? Actually, yeah, cow farts are the right. biggest cause of... It is. Yeah. Um, and not only that, but just how much energy it takes to feed... Right. The whole process. Thousands and tens of thousands of cows. So part of the Green New Deal is trying to reduce that. Mm-hmm. So from that, because he supports the Green New Deal. So from that, they extrapolate. Made, they made a whole narrative that by, I don't know, next year or something, it was you could not have hamburgers. Like they were killing off hamburgers. Wait, I mean, I, I don't even. I'm sure. I, I, I'm I sure. Don't, I don't even understand how you would follow that line through. Right, because there's going to be less red meat available. I'm sure Seth would have had something to say about this. Listen, you understand that if that would happen, Seth would be leading the charge, and we would have to go protest with right. him, right? Seth would be. You realize that we would be we would be holding up signs that say, you know, Seth would be, meat meat is is murder. Yummy, yummy murder. Seth would like, be the <laughs> artist formerly known as Burger Beast. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> great. <laughs> but Comes anyway, up with a symbol. Anyway, the New, the New York Post did this whole article mm-hmm. on it, and well, Fox you know, News, New York Post, the bastion Fox of news truth, went crazy on it. Biden is taking away your hamburgers. Well, tanto fue the outcry that the reporter who wrote the article that Biden was going to take your burgers for the Post, yeah, for the Post, had to quit. And when she quit, she said that they made her write the article. So there's this whole like fake news, you know, whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, it was just 
I was like, you know, I have to tell you that there's a level of creativity there that I there can, is that I applaud. Th- there is. I'm there's like, a level of creativity. I'm like, okay, I'm what are we gonna make up about Biden this week? Hmm. I mean, you can't get rid of burgers. Burgers. What's more American than a burger? Right. So now this makes him a communist. Right. Right. He's a Marxist. Exactly. Because communist. everybody knows that Marxists love soy. Right. Yes. <laughs> We're gonna be eating like soy. It's soup. gonna be like soylent green. Yes. It's people. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is soylent exactly. <laughs> We oh. just created the whole narrative for you, New York Post. There you go. You can have it on a plate. So speaking of, of Biden, of President Biden, did you watch his address to Congress? So yes and no. This week? So it was on in the background. Jose was watching it and I was kind of watching, kind of listening because I was actually editing um, today's interview while I, while it was on. Oh, yeah. So I was kind of like in and out uh, of the burger. whole narrative. In and yeah. out burger who will, will no longer to exist. It'll just be well. in and out. It'll be in and out. You could go have their fries. And shakes. And shakes. And maybe chicken sandwiches. No, they're not chicken sandwiches. Well, then you're screwed. No, no in and out. No in and out. It's just going <laughs> to... You're. It's going to be even quicker, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you were saying... No, no, I was just saying, like, I, I wasn't really... Like, I, I can't... I wouldn't say that I watched it, but it was... I was watching it kind of, sort of. But, um, yeah, I was not paying... Too much attention. So, you know, he pretty much presented this I was this paying whole... a little bit more attention than Ted Cruz, but... Oh my gosh, he was falling asleep. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was so funny. You know, not to defend Ted Cruz, but you know, we've all been in those meetings. You know what? Where we're just like... You know what? Oh yeah, can it be over? Okay, look. <laughs> seriously speaking, that yeah, that's happened to all of us. Yeah. And if it would have been anybody else, I would have been like, oh, you know, how funny. Whatever, how, yeah. how. But, you know, the problem is that it's him. Right, right. You know, he's such a, like, freaking booger for everything. Right. <laughs> 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 you know, and Moko that's at Cruz. He makes such a big deal about everything and you know every possible thing right. that if there would have been a, if, if this would have been the other way around, right. he probably would have right. you know had requested there to be an investigation right. as to why you're falling asleep. Democrats are trying to take away our sleep. Yes. <laughs> so, so you know, I thought, I thought, I thought his address was fine. It's fine. Um, mm. As I was watching it, I'm like, well, when this is over. Um, the people who like him are going to say it's great, and the people like who don't like him um, are going to disagree and vote for him. Are going to say that he's the devil, full of shit. You know, my my only problem again, with it, without getting too much into like the details, mm-hmm. because again, what I think it's fine if people criticize his plan. You should, you know, if you disagree for, with something, you know, if you're a Republican or a conservative, or even if you're a Democrat, if you say, Hey, you know, because he's proposing a four to $6 trillion plan. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, some people say that, you know, the, the, the constant ideological issue is always big government versus small government, right. you know, and I, I like to think that it's, it's not as easy as saying, Big government is bad and small government is better or vice versa. I think it's 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 a more complex answer. It's what is the government, what type of government do you need for the challenges that you right. have at that moment? Because there's certain, there's certainly, and you know, I can, you know, in 154 episodes, I've been very clear of my political leanings are that I'm, I'm, I'm as liberal as they come. Um, so I don't necessarily have a problem with big government, mm-hmm. but big government can be a problem if, you know, there's, a lot of it could, there could be a lot of abuse, a lot of right. Um, it, it can very easily go into 1984 territory. N- well, not only that, and I don't mean a, I don't mean abuse in terms of power. I mean abuse in terms of um, the citizens. No, I mean abuse in terms of things not being um, efficient. 
Okay. Inefficiency. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy, inefficiency, red tape, you know, all that mm. bullshit. We, that, that can happen. Um, I mean, you got to be blind to not admit that that's something that is a usually a reality of, of just government in general. Yeah, yeah. But I think different, different times call for different issues. Because, mm-hmm. for example, you know, again, you just have to look at history. This is the learned part of the show. You just have to look at history. You know, during the Great Depression, what was one of the things that, or the main thing that took us out of the Depression was FDR's Great New Deal. Right. which was a huge, huge, big government kind of intervention. Overhaul, yeah. overhaul. I mean, for God's sake, they built the Hoover Dam in the middle of the Depression. Why would you build a huge dam in the middle of a Depression? Well, because it gave thousands of people Created jobs. jobs. Yeah. Right? Created jobs. So, so I think that that was a situation where... Big, we needed, we needed something. You needed to step in. So it's, it's a little bit more complex than just saying, oh, big government is always bad or right. limited government is better or vice versa. So... I, I accept the challenge of a conservative saying, you know, his plan is too big. It's, where's it's, the funding going to come from? Where's the funding? Where's Who's going to pay right. for it? I think that that is a fair... Those are questions Those you are fair ask. questions and criticisms. My problem with this, my problem with some of the um, criticism he's gotten is the same thing that we've been talking about, not only since the election, but for years now, is that you can't say you can't say nowadays you know what i disagree with you or i disagree with this plan for reasons a b c and d mm-hmm. right without calling someone a socialist so now because he is proposing all these plans right. that are federal based mm-hmm. he's a socialist he's a socialist he is a socialist this is how it started in cuba this is how it started in cuba so now you know we're making this whole like allegation of like right. this leap and, and that's the part of like, I, I just, it really angers me. It really, really angers me. I bet you nobody was calling him a socialist last month or three or four weeks ago when all these pe- when we were all getting our stim money. You know, I will say, in because ter- you brought up this, the, 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 the stimmy, you know, I'm going to say a very unpopular opinion now, I'm sure. So feel free to, you know, write us. I don't think everybody should get the stimulus. I think that the stimulus, when it was initially... Do you think it should be based on need? I think it should be based on need. It should be based on... I'm going to use myself as the example. Thank you for sending me the money. But you know what? Thankfully, thank God, knock on wood, you know what? I still have my job. I'm still in a very good place. No, I understand. I I don't... Listen, again, I I gladly accept the money. You know what I mean? But I don't need it. I understand what you're saying. I think that the... the Mm. The there should of, be a way to the to, drawback to that is that because the stimulus was passed in an emergency, now determining who needs it versus who's not was going to add. Well, but an it extra, could be, but, but it could be based on whoever has applied for unemployment in the last right. Year, but 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 or something right. To that but effect. then it, it, if you, I, I understand what you're saying, and in another situation, I would tell you, yeah. But this was an emergency, so then how do you start? determining who or not because there's people who maybe still had their jobs who were making less money who were cut hours who are now working part-time mm-hmm. whatever whatever so where do you where do you well, draw the line right i mean i didn't say i had the answers i'm just saying i'm just saying like it's things like that where i i don't agree with you know continuing this just blanket of like well here we go everybody get you know get you know what's behind door number two um, well, there was a cutoff. There was a, a cutoff in terms of if you your taxes you made more than X amount, you got less. And then there were certain people who just didn't receive it at all. 
Okay, fair enough. But again, it's like if you if you don't need it, you know what I mean. At the end of the day, it, it's it just well, seems I a little think, wasteful. Well, you should either <laughs> you should have been able to return it, or if somebody who thought that was socialism, they should have been able to return it too. Well, I didn't think it was socialism, but I just, no, I'm not saying you. I'm but I'm saying, saying I would. I mean, I, like I always say, I'm like I just. I have no way of returning the money. Right. No, but what I was saying was that, that, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, his, you know, this is socialism. You know, he's a socialist, blah, right. blah, blah. I'm but like, you took the money. Right. right. I'm, I'm sure you weren't saying he was a socialist when you got your $1,400, right, you know, per each dependent. Right. You know, some people got thousands and thousands of dollars that you opened up your bank account and one day and you're like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I bet you that day you weren't like, you know, fucking Biden is a socialist. Maybe they were. You don't know. You never know. You so, never know. <laughs> whatever. So, that's about, that's about that. Uh, so, I actually have a story that I wanted to share um, before we get into our, our this week's interview, which is one of the best interviews that we've ever had. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I saw this story the other day on the news, and I was like, you know how sometimes it's like, oh, that's... You know, that, that's such a Florida story or, or what have you. And we kind of roll our eyes because it's like, oh, you know, don't, don't, don't put us into that. But this one, it really was a Florida story and it actually happened in Broward. Mm. So Only in Broward. Only in Broward. Yeah, it actually happened in Southwest Ranches where un primo mio tiene la casa. So apparently there's this couple, Courtney Wilson and Shanita Jones. They were having, a, you know, a wedding, their dream house, and they found the perfect place. They invite all their family and their friends to their wedding. The ceremony was on Saturday. They were going to have a brunch on Sunday. So they invited them, you know, to the estate where they were going to have their wedding and everybody was, you know, getting ready. Mm-hmm. But there was one hitch. The place where they were having the wedding, the 16,000 square foot mansion and surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't theirs and they didn't have permission to do it. It wasn't the person who they rented it from? Oh, no. They didn't rent it from anyone. They literally... Okay. Despite what the invitation... They were squatters? They basically tried to squat a wedding. Now, despite what the invitation inferred, the actual owner never gave them permission to hold the festivities there. He was stunned when they showed up Saturday morning to set up, wait, and he called somebody, the police. Wait, 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 but was somebody living in the house? So the, what, ha- what happened is... Okay. It's a huge estate. Uh-huh. And I had read the story, but I'm kind of going back and forth. So the guy who owns it, actually his late father, was an IHOP restaurant franchisee. He's been trying to sell the property for two years. Okay, but how, me, how right. big is this property? Is like the other side of it in California? Like It's 16,000 uh, square feet is the mansion. Okay. Alone. Okay. And that's not in counting, uh, including the the grounds, which the estate has a bowling alley, a swimming pool with a waterfall, hot tub, tennis courts, a gazebo. It's the spelling matter. I think is candy. Is that you? <laughs> <laughs> um. So these people basically, the, um, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm reading through this as, I, as I'm telling you about it. They basically sh- so one of the couple went there posing as a potential buyer and toured the estate several months ago. So you know. A few months later, this guy asked the owner, hey, can we use the backyard for a wedding? And the owner said, no. Well, in an example of not taking no for an answer, um, the couple sent out elaborate invitations detailing their love story. And the Saturday afternoon ceremony will be followed by a red carpet cocktail hour and a reception lasting past midnight and since Sunday brunch would be a respectable noon to four. 
Oh, so this is a, this, this lasted for more than a day. Yes, this was an event. Wait, okay, this was and an were they event. using the, the actual house? So they were going to do it on the estate, on like the land, on the land. Right, right. Now they thought because it was up for sale, it was a vacant house, but they didn't realize that this the owner actually lived on the estate, but like in a guest house. Mm. So the main house was unoccupied. This guy was living in a small. I'm saying smaller house. I mean, when your main house is sixteen thousand square feet, the smaller house is right. probably not that tiny. And so, yeah, these people just showed up and they, because they were saying, and this is where I'm looking for it, um, because it was, they said that it was God's plan or something like that. Oh, damn it. I can't find it. Was it was God's plan for them to have the wedding For them there. to have the wedding there. And that's why they went ahead and they planned it and they invited everybody over. Mm. And so they wound up, instead of getting married, uh, they wound up in jail that day. Isn't one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal? Well, they didn't steal. They didn't take anything. <laughs> The house and the, and the land were still there. I think thou shalt not trespass is not it's, one of the Ten Commandments. It's, not, it's kind of inferred, I think, with the stealing, maybe. Yeah, I would I would put it like under thou shalt not steal A. Right, <laughs> like, right like subsection a. clauses. Yeah. Well. can you, you know what I think is the best part about this? Is that you wake up on a Saturday morning... And you're like, I, you know, whatever. I'm going to cafe. I'm going to sit and watch my Law & Order, you know, marathon or whatever. And you look outside the window. And all of a sudden you see trucks. And people just coming okay. to start no, because, to start setting because, up. Because I, I, what I thought was... Have you been to that area, Southwest Ranches? I'm sure in Broward? I it, what, what What I thought was, like, maybe this was, like, a really, really large property. And they had, like, an outside wedding in, like, the other corner of the property. You know? Yep. Where no, no, they, they, they pulled up to the house. And, you know, something quick... You oh, know. quick! No, right. no, 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 no! This was know. this was again a brunch on Sunday, a red carpet cocktail. So they event. went to jail. They were they the police. Well, he called the, the owner called the cops and and you know took them to jail or whatever. Resumida cuenta, they didn't have their wedding that day. I don't. This happened like last like, week. I'm, I'm letting it sink in. <laughs> I love. Like, how I'm watching you think this through because, because you know what goes into planning a wedding. Yeah, no, but but I'm thinking like <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I'm thinking being a guest there. Like, well, yeah, because you're showing up for the wedding a la se. So I'm like, like oh, normal. Here, qué bonita. And then you're like, we're getting married in this beautiful estate. Se la comieron. Actually, no, there's nothing on Deering Estate. No, because by the time you get there, there's nothing there. So I can imagine these guests showing up and being like, oh, será la pero esta es la dirección. Pero aquí, aquí no hay, aquí no hay nada. No, imagine all the people that showed up and the owner was like, get out of my lawn. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I gotta say, I got okay. Uh, sorry, the, what they okay? They're ballsy. I have people. I give them, I give them so credit. this is what um, the owner told the nine one one dispatcher. I have people trespassing on my property, and they keep harassing me, calling me. They say they're having a wedding here, and it's God's message. I don't know what's going on. All I want is for it to stop. And they're sitting at my property, right at the front gate, right now. Well, the thing that was that it was, it was oh different. okay. Sorry, so two officers told the, the the people that they would have to leave, and and he did. So no charges were filed. So they were they weren't arrested. They were not arrested, but they didn't have the wedding. I'll tell you, at least not there. Mm, he went against God's will. He went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what do you do in that situation? Forget what do you do as the owner. What do you do as the people having you go to the tropical wedding? park and have the wedding there? <laughs> 
<laughs> All your shit is already in the trunk. Mira, you go to Tropical Park and have your wedding there. And Next you the call hill. you call our good friend Stephanie uh-huh, from exactly. Miles or Below from Events by You. Yep. And I'm sure I'm sure that Stephanie, with her talents and her resources, can literally put a wedding together in like two it's hours. It's so funny you say that because actually just yesterday I referred her um, to it because on Instagram, Riza from Spanish Like He Presents yeah. was looking for a party planner and I connected Riza from Spanish to Ste- well, yeah, so yeah we we're we're just cross-pollinating you know that our- I've I've told Stephanie one of my many ideas so Stephanie from Mamas and Merlot who's a, become a very very good friend of ours she's also event an event planner, planner extraordinaire and um she has uh her business is called events by you check them out on Instagram the letter U yeah um and uh I mean, she's very, very talented. She she does amazing work. Yes. And I've just told don't ask her, her to do burlap. I've told her that I would love, like, I've actually thought about this. I mean, kind of spilling it on our show, but I would love to do like a web series of her. Remember Tabitha's salon makeover? Oh, ta- yes, yes, when yeah. Tabitha yeah. would walk into a salon and be like, "What the hell is going it, on?" It here? Right. To her to do that at like banquet halls. Oh. <laughs> Or she could just drive up and down Southwest Ranches looking yeah. for, you know. But can you imagine her, like, you know, with her, like, taste and her aesthetic. And going, her personality. And her personality. Going into a, wa- a backward home being like, no, we don't put red bows on chairs anymore. Or ever. Aww. This was my favorite. You know what? No, because she's going to, she would probably make me like, not have rice pilaf and chicken cordon bleu. Right. I have to tell you, there's something really nostalgic and warming about a tacky banquet hall wedding. Yeah. Or 15s. It takes you back. Yeah. Like, I mean, I haven't been invited to one in years. I was going to say, they're few and far between But now. whenever I do get invited to one, I'm like, okay, we're going to have a good time. Oh, <laughs> like, balls to the wall. Yeah. Like, people just, like, we're just going to enjoy. We're going to have, they're going to play Caballo Viejo. They're going to play a lot of Pitbull. A lot of Pitbull. All the drinks are going to have rum, but not really taste like it. Right. It's going to be that cheap pina colada mix. Oh, yeah, with the machine. Not even the machine. Sometimes it's just that plastic bottle. The, the, the coco loco. They, they put that coco thing in the cup, and they just put like a little cherry on top and call it a day. little bloop of rum, and aquí tú tienes tu pina colada. God knows what's in there. Or, or my, I love when, when you go to these banquet halls, and you know, it's the little plastic cups. They open a Coke can for you, and they don't give you the whole can. Oh, no. God forbid. <laughs> no. They put like four pedazos of yellow in the little cup. And then, so then that they put, Coke can, te dura por cuatro. they put like three tablespoons of Coke <laughs> in your cup, and, and you're good. Oh, you're good. Lord. So th- I, I would love like... I, I told her, I'm like, I'll be the executive producer. <laughs> like, we'll fund it. Of, of we'll you, like it a web series. You know, and, and then once we have enough episodes, we can present it to Andy. Oh, that one. <laughs> Listen, if Andy gives us a deal, you're going to take I'll, it. I'll be, the, I'll be the first one to be like, hey, how are you? <laughs> and then I summer. could just see it, like Stephanie walking in, like, I'm Stephanie, whatever, like, who's getting married here? <laughs> like, I don't know what her tagline will be, but but people will be like, oh, no. It's She's Stephanie, here. the wedding planner. It's She's her. here. <laughs> And then I hear, like, in my mind, like, then you'll put on Flight of the Bumblebee. Like, I'm thinking Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, good for them for having the courage of having a that's, wedding. That's in, chutzpah. Uh, yeah. Like, you got to have balls to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but, you know, you know who else could probably have some really great stories, uh, you know, about tacky-ass banquet hall weddings in Miami? Mm. This week's guest. 
He was a head writer on the epitome of our nostalgia. I have to tell you that I am so bummed that I missed this interview. I'm actually really sad you you you, I you did couldn't because make it. I it would have probably been one of the most. It, I mean, I, I love all of our guests, and yeah. I'm excited yeah. for all of our guests. But it, it really, from a personal standpoint, yeah. it would have probably been one of the interviews that I would have wanted to, you know, like the, chat with yeah. him the most because, like, Kebasa USA is it's part of our lives. Like, it it is it is like listen a family member. I told him like three <laughs> times if it if Kebasa USA did not exist, pero let me tell you, would not exist. I'm going to even make a bigger, a bolder statement. If Que Pasa USA did not exist, all this recent, when I mean recent, I mean in the last 10, 15 years, this whole like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call it, let's hey, 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 quote Bill Tech. Generacion Enge. Generacion Enge. Renaissance of our there heritage. There be no Martha of Miami. Of our heritage, of our roots. There be no Dos Croquetas. Of, of all of there this. There be no Sandwich. I, I think all of that stems from Que Pasa USA. I agree. And so that is why we chatted. Well, that's one of the main reasons that that's not why we chatted with Luis Santero. But um, it's just one of the many, many reasons that I it was just one of the best conversations I think I've had. And and I loved every second of it and uh, hope you guys do, too. So here you have Luis Santero, head writer for Que Pasa USA. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Mi gente, and we're back. Now, when I say that there are few people who I kind of fanboy over, it's true. And we've had some fantastic guests on the show. But it is without any exaggeration when I say that today's guest, without one of the things that he was a part of, helped create, basically, you would not be listening to this podcast today. Pero let me tell you, in a very, very roundabout to some, very direct to others way, exists as a result of the program that he worked on a couple years ago. You may have heard of it. It's called a little show called Que Pasa USA. I am here today with Luis Santero, who is one of the head writers, probably I think co-creator in a way of I'll explain. Of, 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 of Que Pasa USA to say that as I sit here in Mojo Donuts in La Cuarenta y la Ochenta in the middle of Huechete with one of the guys who wrote Que Pasa USA, basically I quote your show more than is probably healthy. So oh thank God. you so much for being here with well, us today, man. A, it's an honor to be here with you. It's an honor to meet you and uh, and that you feel that way. It's great to hear it yeah. after all these years. It's 
let's talk about that for a minute, because you know, it's been a hot minute. The show is what over. I don't do math, so forty. <laughs> um, we started. Well, I think I started writing for it sometime in '76. I think it went in the air on. 78, I think. I'm not, I'm not good with dates. Okay. So, I mean, we stopped writing at the last, uh, was 80, so we're talking about 20, uh, about 40, 40 years? 40 give years. Take? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what do you think it is about it that still has it resonating? It's amazing. I mean, it, it's as little, like the little engine that could, the little <laughs> show that could, you know, that I remember at the beginning, some people say, oh, another, the actors, oh, another thing that's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. And um, as one pr early producer, she didn't end up producing, I said, you know, yeah, I, I want to do something that's really like as popular as a Mary Tyler Moore. I said, well, I don't think we have the budget, so don't aim that high. Little did we know. Yes, yeah. it went, you know, it's, it's, uh, we got amazing reviews the first year. Even like the New York Times said, oh, wow. better than anything that came out of L.A this year so Damn. It, it was amazing take that mary richards uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite shows by the way oh so take us back to 70 what did you say it was 76, 76 yeah. about, you know where did this the germ of this idea come from i know that by then you you know you came to this country from cuba yeah. uh, with your as family a kid, yeah. as a kid um you actually went to university in pennsylvania i went I to villanova undergraduate and then i went to syracuse upstate new york and you were you did some writing in texas for for a local yeah. program there as well right i started I, I studied tv and film and then i did i worked at local tv stations you know painting sets uh, uh, paying your dues and then i worked for a film crew going around the country and then each time i would lose the job the jobs would end Mm. And then I was always without a penny because I was leaving. They didn't pay anything. I come back to Miami. And uh, even in between those jobs, I was even a parole officer in, in Miami for a year and a half. Okay, we are going to unpack that story, yeah. but <laughs> that's insane. I think I was the most naive parole officer that ever lived. <laughs> what? Me? Do drugs? <laughs> and they were the biggest drug dealer in all of Miami. You, know? you were like, well, he looks like un niño decente. It See? must be true. But then um, at that point, I had never taken, actually, I never took writing courses, even though I loved it. I really? loved to write. I didn't think, well, well, you know, my father was said, you, you, you got to do something you can make a living with. Right. I thought anything Like artistic, parole officer. <laughs> like parole officer. But, but anyway, uh, at that point, I, I loved to write, but I, I think because of my father's mentality, you got to do something that, you, and yeah. I had never take, um, taken any writing courses, but I loved to write. So at in the parole commission, when I was there, I was so frustrated, I started writing. And then I wrote a children's book, which never got published. It was called The, the, the Boy Who Couldn't Remember. And the whole family could remember Cuba. And I based it on my youngest brother, who came when he was two or three, and he didn't remember anything. How old were you and, when you uh, came? What? How old were you when, when you I came? came? 12. 12, okay. And, uh, and so I, and they used it for the, for the program here. They, they rewrote it. They adapted it to right. teach language. But there they said to me, you know, there's a show, back then, HEW, uh, the Office of Health, Education, and Welfare, mm -hmm. um, had, a, um, had money to fund a lot of uh, minority programs throughout the country. But they had a whole bunch of shows. And they had this show, which was out of Austin, Texas, mostly um, Mexican-Americans, but they did have Puerto Rican actors and oh, Cuban wow. actors. And um, they needed, so it's called Carrascolindas. And they said, you know, I think they want, they're looking for a writer trainee. Mm -hmm. So off I went to Texas, and that's where I really cut my teeth in really writing for television. And it's interesting because they had uh, the, the other writers that they had. I was a junior writer, but there were two Anglos who didn't speak a word of Spanish and a New Yorican who became 
one of my dearest friends, like family, and his, his Spanish also was, you know, because he grew up, grown up in New York, he didn't feel that comfortable. So I'm the only one who could work back and forth with the language. Oh, wow. And I started playing, they, were, they would repeat. And when I got to the, the previous season, they had done the thing where they repeated the words, oh, you know? Okay. Like, and I thought, perro, like that yeah, type of thing. and then so, he, you know, yeah, vamos a salir, oh, let's go out, you know? And I thought, can't we integrate it, make it more like we do in, in Spanglish? And, right, and an actual conversation. And that's where I really cut my teeth doing it. And uh, at the end of the at the end of the year, that it, the job ended. I went off to Europe on a, a ten dollars a day, you know, the URL pass, the whole thing. And when I came back, back to my parents because I didn't have a penny again. Right. I heard that there was money for this show called Que Pasa USA. So the yeah. show existed in, in some form. The proposal had been it was two professors, mm -hmm. uh, Manny Mendoza and Julio Avello, and they had written this proposal for again for the HEW grant they had gotten the grant and and they had proposed they wanted to be a sitcom they wanted to be bilingual and they wanted to deal with a family in the process of of um, a culture uh, acculturation yeah. or, or melting you know whatever you want to call it three generations so they did have those specifics okay. which i thought was brilliant they had hired somebody but um a writer but they, they didn't know quite what they they didn't have, no habían dado pie con bola, como okay, dicen. Okay, okay. Y they weren't happy with the scripts and nothing was happening. And so they said, well, we're, we can't pay you anything. You just have to write it on spec. Yeah. So I wrote a script on spec and off I went. I wanted to go back up north right. and uh, I, had, I had a little money and I had some friends that I could stay with. So I went to Boston and uh, lo and behold, they said, we're going to use your, your script as a pilot. And it was a fiesta de quince. So you wrote the, the, the quinceañera yeah. episode? Yeah, the, the pilot episode. And I think I was influenced in the writing by what the work that I've been doing, trying to go back and forth, trying to do the bilingual, the, the integrate the way we speak. And they used that as a pilot. I wasn't even able to come down for the taping because oh, I didn't wow. have the money, you know. And then I started writing, believe it or not, Pepe Bamonde came on. He became a, yes. uh, the executive producer and he was wonderful. He's the one, he's the one who found the actors. He's the one who... Uh, uh, really, sort I think of put it all like, together. Put it all together. He was a hands-on person who was on top of everything, making sure that the the set was accurate, that the costumes were accurate. Mm -hmm. He hired that amazing cast and all that. So, but anyway, but Pepe hired them, and then I started writing. They started giving me writing assignments, and I started sending them from Boston. Uh, the first few. So scripts, you were the first work from home. Yeah, <laughs> literally. You were doing it before COVID. I was, and then I remember when they went back into taping them again. And I still couldn't come down for the first, you know, when the, the second, you know, the second script that I wrote or the third. And I was, oh my God, I was so jealous. They're taping tonight and here I am Aww. in the freezing cold of Boston. Um, but they still weren't, you know, they weren't paying me a lot. You know, it was fine right. for me and it was, it was pocket living money, right. but it wasn't a lot. And they, um, and they still didn't have money for a head writer. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Pepe Amonde said, you know, we'd like you to be head writer and we can pay you a little bit to do right. it. And that's when I came down and, uh, and I would be here for the season and then go somewhere else. We were open to ideas and I started working with some writers trying to develop the scripts, but they weren't quite, you know, so what we started doing on a couple of occasions, we'd buy an idea, we'd pay them for the idea, but okay. then I would develop it because I was spending a lot of time trying to work, okay, write the script and then I'd have to rewrite it. Right, so, right, right. Just, so yeah, cut to the chase, yeah, right. yeah, let's, yeah. So I think I wrote out of the, I don't know if there's like 39 episodes. I think so, yeah. I think I wrote, 34 or 35. Jeez. Uh, now, the last year, by then, I had moved to New York. I had been hired by Sesame Street and joined the Writers Guild. Oh, and the Writers okay. Guild was having 
a fight with PBS. They were trying to get PBS stations to join, and they let me come one year. They said, uh, "I said, look, I, 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 this has been my baby from the very beginning." Of I, you course. Know. And uh, so they said, "Okay, we'll let you go right one season each year." We we produce less because the money was the same. Yeah. It cost it was public funding. Up. Yeah. So I think I came down. I wrote, I don't know, maybe seven or mm-hmm. eight or something. And then the following year, which was the last year that we got the grant, they didn't let me come down. So the last oh. uh, five were written by. Pepe Bamonde and uh, some of the writers and all that. And it hurt, you know, it was hurtful oh, because wow. I said, oh, I've had to go. By then, uh, uh, Rocky, Stephen Bauer had left and it was changing. You know, things were on their course, but it could have had more more yeah. oil, more gas. And Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For it was sure. sad. But uh, but anyway, it was for me, it was great. It, it in a way, it got me to Sesame Street because... Um, uh, because I, there was uh, when I worked in Carascolendas, there was a fellow who used to be a line producer on Sesame Street, mm-hmm. and he took a leave of, abs- leave of absence to consult at Carascolendas, and he saw que pasa. He was Cuban, and he saw que pasa, and he called me and he said, uh, "Luis, uh, uh, we're auditioning for Sesame Street. Would you like to audition?" I said, "Guess what? I just moved to New York a week ago." <laughs> Tell and, me where to be. And I auditioned, and I'm sure there were tons of people who auditioned. For I didn't really know the show that well. I think it helped that I was Latino. They didn't have any minority, and they, they purported right, to, right. to cater to the inner city and all that. So what that year was this, more or less? 1978. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it was great. I mean, I've never minded if, if my being Latino helped me. I don't care at all. Well, I uh, just want you to know, sir, that between Capasa USA and Sesame Street, you basically unknowingly were very part of my formative years uh, <laughs> without knowing it. So thank you know. for that. That's great to know. Thank you for that. Because yeah. we actually, um, one of the guests we had, actually one of our first guests, we interviewed uh, Sonia Manzano. Oh, my God. I love Sonia. And for me, that was like if my, you know, five, six-year-old self, you know, four-year-old self could see that I am talking to Maria, you know, yes. from Sesame Street. <laughs> it would just blow that kid's mind, you know, and, and she, more so that I'm talking now to you, it's it's. She insane. is a dear friend. I admire her enormously. And uh, she's, my God, her career has blossomed. She's writing books. She's writing children's books. She's got a new uh, series. It doesn't down at all. It is amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So my, my, Sonia, how do you have this energy? <laughs> you, know, but, you know, it's probably from being around puppets for so many years. Yeah. They, they just feed off of it. Yeah. yeah, It keeps you young. I must say, to be active, to be around those puppets, you know, <laughs> it rubs off. <laughs> so going back to, to Que Pasa USA, you know, you, you wrote the majority of, of the show. And we've always said here on, on our little dog and pony show that the beauty of Que Pasa USA is that it rang so true. But at the same time, it was lightning in a bottle. You know, I, I don't know that if you were to try to recreate that show today necessarily, it would work in the same way. I think the closest we've gotten in recent years, don't know if you had a chance to see it, was um, the One Day at a Time. I feel like it had, it was there in its DNA, the three generations. You know, it's obviously, you know, it's, it's happening in 2019, 2018. So, you know, now the abuela actually came on Pedro Pan. So, you know, you're moving the story forward a little bit. Right. What, what do you think attributed to just that authenticity of, of that show? Was it at all? Que pasa? Well, two things I want to say. Okay, I was writing script. I was coming up with ideas and all that. But uh, two things. I mean, it, it was an authentically... I mean, most of the people involved with the show were Cubans. They knew what Miami was like. Okay. They knew what, what these people would dress like. They knew what... Um, actually, Bernard Lekowick was a director. Yeah. He wasn't. But we were surrounded by Cubans. So 
when we first we do a table reading, I think Fridays, mm -hmm. and then read it. And the actors would say, oh, my, mi abuela decía tal cosa, you know, Belia Martinez. So oh, maybe we, we'd hone in on that. Okay. Or somebody else would say something off the cuff. And I said, oh, my God, that works great. So there were, there was, you know, just at living. It wasn't like they weren't writers, but they, I just, you, they contributed. you, you heard something. Or they'd say something just as a joke. And I said, oh, my God, that's what this person would say. So we did that. And then we, I would rewrite between Friday and Saturday afternoon. And then by then we'd had it progressed and then Sunday we were in the studio with cameras and then they would rehearse and we taped on Tuesday so there was a progression so everybody contributed you know Pepe who was very immersed in the in the in the, I had been in and out of Miami but he immersed and he said oh this is what they're, they're saying or one of the younger kids was oh this is what they're saying in the school right now right. Uh, we also had people who could uh, uh, were saying what kind of because every sh every episode had to deal with a teenage an issue that impact uh, impacted mm -hmm. on the teenagers. So even one that uh, our Pepe and Juan are going to get divorced, you know, are they right, fighting? Right. But it had to deal with how it impacted on the on the teenagers. So I think that narrowed things down. It focused it. I thought that was brilliant. That is smart. The other thing is that we got at, at a point over the years. I tried to do other shows. Never got the money. Never got off the the, the Latin stations. Didn't put up the money. That was I said. Well, I'm not going to do this later in my career for no money. And the when I would go to Hollywood and try to do it, they weren't ready. Now I think they maybe are, and the one day at a time thing. Oh, wow. so the other thing is that we grabbed the the moment of the Cuban community. We had been here already for maybe the Cubans have been coming here for let's mm -hmm. say the big exodus Correct. after Castro for 15 years. But it was still there were new people coming all the time. It was still in that in between. There wasn't that. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an American, I'm a Cuban, you know, right. it was beginning. The Mariel hadn't The Mariel, we, we caught the Cuban, at a per, the Cuban-American thing at a perfect thing, where the old world of the grandparents still was very much alive, and the kids were already getting Americanized. So I thought it was a perfect moment to write that show. You could do it now. You could, even a few years ago, the last time I tried, the, I think the community has hardened, and, and I hope I'm not mm -hmm. insulting it by saying it. There's a hard, harder edge to it. There's a, In what we, sense? Uh, well, even that we've made it, and we've made this kind of an arrogance at times, I feel. Like, okay. you know, it's like there was still a vulnerability. That we're was no still longer new. We're no longer new. I mean, we're, the, we're like somebody said, oh my God, the Cubans, you become the wasps of, of Miami. <laughs> it's not entirely a lie. Yeah, and I think the culture in general, not just the mm -hmm. I think the culture, in, not just the, the Latin culture of Miami, yeah. I think it's hardened. It's much harder than it was. I know the drugs were just beginning, really, it was before the whole big cocaine hitting that right, we did, Kepasa. Right. But in another way, the culture in general has become hard, hard, harder edge, mm -hmm. you know? So I don't know, you could still do a show that'd be fascinating. Miami, I think, is ripe with ideas and things, but it's, it was still a fairly, particularly in terms of the immigration, it was still an innocence to it that I think gave a lot of, uh, it was easy to give Kepasa a lot of heart. You know? Yeah, it, you guys had heart. I mean, to say you guys, that show has heart is, is an understatement. Like, I will tell you, um, I think it was a year or so ago, I actually met uh, Manolo, because mm -hmm. um, he's painting now. And actually, we I bought one of his pieces. Oh, you did? Yes, I did. It I was, love his things, yeah. And and just a lovely human being and whatever. And it was, you know, meeting him, it was it was like I was meeting my grandfather, right? Like, it was like, I know this man. I know I don't know him. And it's what I know is a character. Yeah. But I know him. And, and part of that is obviously a testament to, to him, but also the writing. And, you know, to this day, and I may start choking up as I, as I remember this, and I don't know if this is one of your episodes or not, but... The citizenship episode. Oh. The ending of that episode where he lifts up. Oh, my God. I'm going to start crying. Where he lifts up that bottle mm -hmm. and he says, Que esta pa' cool. 
I can't even finish the sentence. You know, I, like, that's, that's one, the heart. That is one of my favorite episodes, and uh, kudos to Manolo, because I had written that line at the end that says, the, uh, yes, we'll drink another one, but this one is for mm -hmm. Cuba. And the director said, you know, it's getting too modeling, it's getting too soapy, this is a sitcom. And Manolo fought to keep that line as it was. And it ended on that, esta para Cuba, whatever, this one's for Cuba. And to me, that's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. And Manolo fought to keep, he said, no, this is important to us to yeah. say it this way. Yep. Yeah. Oh I'm so sorry. Oh. I'm sitting here crying no, no, in, I know. Front of, in front I know. of you. I'm so sorry. But it's again, it's just... It's oh, a, that it's, line to me, maybe it's my favorite line of the whole... It is a know, testament to, to everyone associated with that show. Yeah. That, that you know, again, 40 plus years later, yeah. I can't even finish the sentence. Yeah. You know, just it, it gets to no, me. No, and that's when, when I think what makes it, that we could laugh at ourselves, we could have fun, but but also be critical at times. Sometimes we were critical. Yeah, there, there was, was that, no secret cows. No, there was that hard. We, we got away with a lot of stuff, the, even network back oh, then. Yeah, yeah. You know? We had the grandmother sniffing a popper bottle and we had the, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so. I mean, you, you, guys, you guys really did push a, a lot in, in ways that were, to use your word, almost innocent. Yeah, you know, it was just like no, we're not trying to be edgy. No. We're just it was just like writing. We're yeah. just doing what 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 you know what, what we're gonna do. And one of the things about that, and and this is something that again we this is why I say like without Capaz you would say there would be no pero. Let me tell you, like it just it, it just no, wouldn't that's exist. A, I mean, no, that's an honor to hear that. You know, it, you know, your show th that show really, I think Spanglish always existed, but I think it was the first time that Spanglish was kind of captured on film or put on air and it was done quote unquote correctly and I know it sounds bizarre to say that something that isn't an actual language <laughs> was done correctly but how, how did you guys figure that out because we've seen Spanglish done since then so horribly wrong where it's very clear I mean it's very clear to me most of the times when that happens it's because it's being written by people who don't speak Spanish mm -hmm. or Spanglish at all and so you know they'll be like oh we're going to the fiesta it's like that, I don't I don't even understand what you're saying that's not Spanglish that's just you showing you learned a word yeah you know it's what was there any rules that were applied to well, like I said the, um, the application of Spanglish as it were no not to Spanglish uh, we tried to um, okay the show Stipulated 50%. Now, oh, that's right. Uh, that was a requirement. Uh, yeah. Manolo and Ana Margarita, the parents. Mm -hmm. uh, there were two Ana Margaritas, actually. But, yeah, but okay. what uh, are the odds of that? Oh, my <laughs> God. That's, you know, it's not like the most common name in the I world, know. you know? But, um, uh, but um, Ana Margarita Martinez Casal and Manolo had most of the bilingual because the grandparents spoke in Spanish and right. the kids had more English. So, a lot of times, because their they're stronger language was Spanish, if they went up in a line, if there was a little bit of an ad lib, they'd say it in Spanish. Okay. So even though it's supposed to be 50-50 more or less, usually we ended up with a little more Spanish. Um, I mean, what we tried to do, if it was something, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking, llamame patras or something that the, that the grandmother would correct it. No, se dice así, eso, you know. So we tried to, we had fun with it, right. but if it was very incorrect, the muchacho, no, so we did have correct. We didn't, yeah. you know, and, and the, parents, the, the parents spoke correctly. Uh, so were the kids who were the ones who did most of the bad Spanglish. Yeah, yeah. But we did the way that we do it, that we go, the, the code, well, later I didn't even know the word it code. It code wasn't a thing back then. No. So code switching is something I heard many years later, but we were code switching. Yeah. So we did that a lot with the kids. Oh, yeah, look what you do. You know, pero oye, yeah, let yeah. me tell you. And, uh, and so we were doing that the way we were trying to represent the community. And because we didn't have, see, you couldn't have gotten away with that in Hollywood because they'd say, they, get, oh, they don't get it. No, they don't get it. 
And so what I was going to say about the um, um, one day at a time, so this was in 1983, 84. So right, right after Kepasa, really. A few I mean, years later, uh, we went there. I've been doing uh, pitching ideas, and I got a couple of pilots and never got in the air, but I had an assistant who was my assistant, um, uh, Julio Vera, who wrote one of the episodes with Sharon, where Sharon is, you know, uh, blows up or something. And <laughs> no, he had been the, in Hollywood. She says that she's the wrong lingual. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Poor Sharon. She was lovely and she yes, still met is. Her, met her as well. Lovely. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely Barbara, Barbara Ann. Yeah. So I went there and he had been in Hollywood and they put us together and we were hired to write an episode for Norman Lear, who didn't want to openly say that he'd seen Kepasa, but everything he wanted was like Kepasa. <laughs> and, but you know, again, I don't know if, my, if our writing was good or not good, but it would get rewritten. By the time you went to present the script to the network mm -hmm. from Friday to Monday, it wasn't what it was you bleeding. wrote. I mean, there would be like maybe four lines, and then the, the agent would say, keep quiet, because you'll never work again if you bitch about it. And so the, the, I think they gave us a couple of chances. We did mm -hmm. again. And uh, we wrote it a second time. And the same thing, one time it was supposed to be they were going to do a spin-off of the Jeffersons. So the, the, the Cuban characters were okay. going to have a, una, una, like a un, backdoor like pilot. Una pastelera, uh, like a dairy thing here. A, um, mm, bakery. A, a bakery, a bakery. <laughs> See, I forget my words. <laughs> uh, anyway, and, um, and it was going to spin-off, then it wasn't a spin-off. Anyway, this went on, and it was like one of those things that drove me mad. And at one point, I said, I'm out of here. I think Julio never forgave me because I said, he's like, you're giving up a career in Hollywood. I, I don't care. I want my sanity. I, want my, I have other <laughs> things going. You know, I have a life. Uh, so anyway, so I left, and I didn't try again. But he was aware. And ever since then, I know that Norman Lear wanted to do a Latino thing. And then they came up with One Day at a Time, which were the scripts One Day at a Time, but updated and made for Latins. Yeah. I can't judge it. I haven't seen enough. I saw one okay. or two. And I said, well, it's Kepasa. I think Kepasa was more authentic, right. but it's a different time. And it's That's good it enough, is. and I'm glad it got done. I'm glad yeah. it got hey, done. It ran for three years. Yes. That's no small feat, as you can attest in Hollywood, to get yeah. anything made done. by Latinos yes. is, is a challenge. And for it to run for three years? Yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad it got done. And it's one thing now I'd like to be more thing, because I thought I haven't had just the Oscars yet, and I'm glad that it's become so multi, you know, multi uh, whatever, racial, ethnic. And I said, but where are the Latinos? We're nowhere. Yeah. You know? So I'm noticing that you have Elmo on your watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so which, of course, prompts me. You were writing at Sesame Street for, was it, about 50 years, give or take? 41 years. Okay. 41 years. Um, who was your favorite Muppet to write for? Oh, my God. Well, I I, my favorite was Grover. Grover was like... That makes me happy like you don't even understand. I <laughs> love Grover. He is such a wonderful character, and uh, I think he's great. Uh, he's just like multi, and he could, you know, he made mistakes all the time, but never, you know, admit, oh, oh, I didn't say that, I said something <laughs> else, you know? I liked him and, uh, and Oscar because Oscar the Grouch, Everybody you could have Oscar. so much fun with Oscar. So those to me were, were the, um, I mean, they were all wonderful uh, puppets, but uh, I think those are my favorite. Those two are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and my watch actually, Elmo was red in my watch. I've had it for so long, it's pink now. <laughs> And, it uh, happens, it I, happens. I wanted to take the, the, the glass off so I could color him in. Like <laughs> yeah, but, but, you know, I don't know. Uh, i got to say Grover's actually one of my favorite. Um, growing up, my one of my favorite, to this day, I'm going to be 42 this year, my favorite books is still The Monster at the End of This Book. Oh, that's a wonderful book. That wonderful book. book, like my parents will tell you night after night, and I knew it page by page. Yeah. And if they skipped a page because they were tired and wanted to go to sleep, I would, <laughs> I would know. You would know. And I would be like, 
you missed a page. Oh. Go back and do it again. Oh so I, That was a brilliant idea. Don't turn the page. There's a monster at the end of this one. It was written by John Stone, who was one of the, one of the brains behind the show. Yeah. He's now gone, but he was brilliant, and that was a great... Right. No, there's been uh, Sesame Street. I tell you, uh, it's very complex, and people would say, "Oh my God, you can write it with your eyes closed." No, no, because you have to be funny. They wanted you to write in that adult level, at a at a child, you know, and um, and also be funny and educational. Yes, no, all things no. to everyone. All the things. That's so. not hard. That's not easy. Oh my God, it was hard. We'd be put because once at the head writer who was really tough. Oh yeah, this is funny, but it doesn't button. Button is at the, something at the end of the oh, thing okay, that, okay, that okay. it's like it's like a blackout sketch. It's got to have something at the end, a little twist. If you don't have that, go back to the drawing board. He drove us crazy with that. And I thought Saturday Night Live doesn't have any buttons. It starts with great funny things, and they always peter out. He said, I don't care. This is not Saturday Night Live. So they were tough on us. And then they had to go through research and say, oh, it's got negative role modeling. Or, oh, you can't have, you know. Oh, wow. And, um, and uh, so it was tough. Wow. But we got to, I got to write for Celia Cruz. I had Celia Cruz. Oh, my uh, God. I had, um, I had um, Linda Ronstadt. Linda I, had, Ronstadt. Uh, I had Gloria Stefan. But Celia Cruz, to me, I mean, I she mean, was an idol. And, queen. Um, I had her singing in English, and she held, I'm your amor. Uh, dime, ¿cómo, son, ¿cómo se dice esto otra vez? So I was going through the lyrics with her before she was one of the most... I, I adored her. I adored her. I miss her. And uh, one of the most wonderful human beings I've, I've ever met. Yeah, no, my, my, my father actually spent part of his childhood in New York as when he came from this country. My, my grandfather was up there. And through a series of circumstances, my grandfather worked at a restaurant and Celia Cruz was always in there or whatever. And my father always tells the stories of like whenever she'd come in and she'd, you know, give him candy and like a quarter or whatever. You know, and he was like, she was just always just the most genuine, like what mm. you saw on TV, what you saw, you know, in interviews or whatever. Yeah. That was who that she was. That was her. That was her most giving, loving, no diva acts, no, you know. That, yeah. I must say there were very few diva acts on Sesame Street. People would come in and they would behave. Once they saw those Muppets, they would be great. Isn't that crazy? So I, I don't know that people who was, you know, who misbehaved, but they were all, they had stars of all stripes and they were always, you know, even I wasn't there all the time, but people say, oh my God, they're all so gracious when they come here. But I think it's because... I don't care how much of a diva you are, you know when you step onto that stage, yeah. you're not the star. No. The no. star is Grover, the star is Elmo, the star yeah. is, you know, Prairie Dawn and Abby Cadet. I mean, they well, are you the know stars. Them all. You I, know them all. I know them all. Like, yeah, three and you know what's funny? Because sometimes in between takes, uh, they stay on, they stay on, uh, on char in character. The, the, the puppet stays yeah, in character. Yeah, the puppets do. So they say, oh, well, we really blew that one, you know? <laughs> and it's so funny because everybody who's a guest star, they say, my God, we forget that that they're not there. That there's somebody down there working them. It's, they forget. It is it is a person. Yeah, that, yeah. that puppet becomes a human being yeah. in that moment. Yeah. Or That's the kid with if the star blue is say, well, you better get it right the next time. I don't want to be here all night, you know. And and they're funny and the kid with them and it's just hysterical it. to be there. And then kids come. Uh, it's not like an audience, but they bring a few kids in and and the puppeteers are brilliant with them. They work a lot of kids who have different problems you know <laughs> and uh, they talk to them and they embrace them and it's just a wonderful wonderful place the, the energy is wonderful I can't imagine so I want to shift because I know you're currently doing you know you, you've also done some playwriting and then you're doing a cabaret yeah. act now of yeah, sorts. Yeah, yeah. but I, before I get to that I just want to say that you are probably responsible for one of the most confusing moments of my childhood oh there was an episode of Capasa USA where the, 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 the kids have a dream mm. and the grandparents speak in English 
¿En qué pasa? ¿En qué pasa? Yes. And up until that point, I had no idea that Delia Martinez was born in Tampa, had complete mastery of the English language, and I could not figure out how the hell you people made it look so seamless when she would speak in English. And it even sounded like her until, I'm telling you, tenía 30 pico año when I found out. How funny. So, yes, you're responsible for one of the most confusing Yeah, that was the weird, I mean, that was kind of like a totally out there <laughs> script. But I, I, we wanted, you know, Delia spoke, and I thought, wouldn't that be funny to just have the, you know, the kids, oh, that the kids can't, in a dream, that he can't yeah, speak yeah. English and to have him see the, the trouble that the, and Delia was perfect, you know. And, oh, that was uh, great. Yeah, that was great. That's funny. <laughs> so your cabaret act. Yeah. <laughs> walk us through it. I mean, you know, you've, you've had this, I mean, this great career, you know, and, and now you're just like, I'm going to do cabaret or is this well, like a know, natural I, evolution of I, Yeah, it's, it's uh, natural of evolution. It love, you know, I, I, I worked in the theater, which I loved and I miss because in the theater, a writer really has time to to hone to the script, to really work on it, to hear and say, oh, this doesn't work. And, and yeah, having written yeah. for television, I'll, I can hear it. If it's something's working, some writers don't, oh, don't, you can't change a word. You know, good writing, you have to change. And of if course. It, and if an actor just isn't getting it, it might be your problem, not theirs, you know? But anyway, I love that. And I, I'm, a, I'm a ham singer, singer, you know? Not the greatest voice, no Pavarotti, but I loved it. And I had helped friends with their cabaret acts. You know, I used to go to piano bars and, and go to cabaret and watch my friends who, whether actors or writers, and do it. And one guy that I helped, and he said, oh my God, all the patter that you wrote in between the songs really worked. I got, I got a lot of laughs. I never got laughs like that. He said, you got to do one. So I, so I said, Oh, I don't know, I don't know. Finally, he convinced me. Well, it opened the ham in me. <laughs> Pandora's box. Pandora's box. I mean, now I have this big following, and whenever I do it, the guy says, you've got to book at least two nights because you packed wow. them in. And it's a place you can, I mean, if you really cram them in like sardines, it's 80 people, but, but they, I cram them in. And it's been fun. It's been so yeah, much fun. It's impressive, and, man. And usually have a, you know, because I, I don't do it as a singer, but even though I'll sing, but I do it, as, I think, from a writing point of view. Right. They all right, have right. an arc. And, uh, and I, talk, I tell personal stories and sing songs that advance that story. And, and I write some songs that I've written because I've done a lot of songs right. for Sesame Street. So anyway, now I have one that uh, a friend of mine asked me to do. She has a theater, runs a theater for teenagers where they develop mm -hmm. teenagers for musical theater. It's called Amas Musical Theater. And she said, what Amas is in Amo Amas Amat, you know? Okay, okay. And she said, would you, you know, I'll rent the studio. Mm -hmm. And we rent the studio. Actually, we taped it last uh, fall at, at the end of October mm -hmm. and uh, and it was she said half an hour and I wanted to concentrate on your immigrate on coming to this country and the whole arc of being a Cuban coming here mm -hmm. your whole acculturation right. and do that so I wrote a she said make it 30 35 minutes and that's what we did it's gonna start streaming uh, on the 28th I think your show is after that but it'll be on the air until um, uh, through Amas musical theater dot com uh, dot mm -hmm. org I think uh, until the 5th of May Oh, well, we'll definitely put a yep. link to it, of course. Not to plug. That wasn't my point to plug. This. Uh, listen, <laughs> plug away, sir. Again, you know. Oh, I also, now if I want to plug, I also wrote a memoir you can read. Did you? It's called Dancing with Dictators. and uh, well, That sounds it's like a very difficult dance. <laughs> Just off the top of my head. Yeah, I won't go into why. You <laughs> buy the book and find out why. It's called Dancing with Dictators. So our life has been a dancing, whether it's Fila Castro or before. That is true. But... Um, but I wrote, it came out about three years ago, and it's on Amazon. I did. I even did the audiobook. Uh, oh, nice! But it's fun. Look, it's it's a it's an interesting. It's a mixture. It's a coming of age. That's book. awesome, dude. I mean, like uh, you know, and, and again, just sitting here with you for like about an hour and change, you know, the stories that have come out, like, and that's just we just met. It's been here for like you know, like 
certain things we want to talk about. I guarantee you that there are stories like in your memoir that even now, if you probably look back, you're like, something probably happened between those two stories that I forgot to put in there because you just seem like somebody who's lived a lot. I don't get to talk that much, you know? I'm, I'm you behind know? my computer. I don't <laughs> talk to anybody, so somebody gives me a chance. I <laughs> okay, well, moving forward, whenever you have a, a yeah. desire to talk, we're here, okay? Yeah, like, you you we, call we'll me. We'll take we'll, all your stories. We'll talk some more. <laughs> Absolutely. Bueno, Luis, I, you know, te doy las gracias y me quedo corto. Ah, you know, no. Ha sido un placer. Y conocerte que no nos conocíamos. I know, but it's... You know, it, it, again, it's not an exaggeration for me to say, like, again, as I sit here, you know, on Mojo Donuts in Bird Road, you know, the heart of Westchester, Las Aguaceras, yeah. to sit with somebody who encapsulated and created... A, not created. No, I don't want well, to claim that. Well, you, know. you didn't create it, but who, who created, ep who wrote episodes and, and, and helped, helped three-dimensionalize characters who still resonate with me, who still sit inside of me and and are such a part of who I feel like I am mm. is still a little surreal to me and I probably won't even come to realization no. of it until after we're like, you know, I'm home later tonight and I'll just be like, did that just fucking happen? No. Um, but thank right, you so listen. much for that and thank you for Sesame Street because mm. I guarantee you, you were responsible for a lot of the, the, oh. the stuff I... Sure, some songs. I occasionally hear a song, I love this song. It's, I wrote that song, you know? <laughs> That's nice to hear. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's, no, I've, I've been very lucky because I think, you know, I could have maybe had the same talent or, or, or even more and, and not had the chance. So that I mean, is true. I, I was in the, also in the right place at the right time. Yeah, you but know? you had talent. You still have talent. Well, thank you. Maybe maybe I think there's still something I want to do. I don't know. But I'm not ready to... If I die tomorrow, I'll die happy. I've done a lot of stuff, but I'm not ready to go. I think I have... There's more stuff. There's more stuff. I believe you. Yeah. I believe you, and I can't wait to see what else. Then I'm be fine. And we're back. It's crazy to me. I mean, again, such a nice guy. We had never met before. Um, so bummed. So bummed it, that I couldn't make it. And, and, you know, we didn't even mention it, but I mean, uh, we did talk about his time on Sesame Street, but we didn't mention that he's a multiple Emmy winner because of Sesame Street yeah. as well. So, I mean, this is someone who's who's had a very storied career as a writer. Yeah, but I think the thing with Gebasa USA and... You know, maybe he sees it differently because it's his work, especially all the work he did on right. Sesame Street. But for us, you know, Sesame Street is personal. Yeah. Because, I mean, look, when we interviewed uh, Sonia. Sonia Manzano, that was like one of our best moments. Yeah. Because we grew up on Sesame Street. But the difference between Sesame Street and Gepasa USA is that Gepasa USA feels ours. Yeah. Like, well, I, I listen, I say it in the interview. I'm like... <laughs> I quote Que Pasa USA way more than is probably healthy for a human being. I, maybe <laughs> maybe you've picked up on it because the thing with Que Pasa USA is that not only do you quote it all the time, but you quote it in very subtle ways that you don't even realize. Do you realize that when I when we say salud, I go tear tears? Oh. I say tear tears. And I don't even say it so anybody can like pick up on it. I just say tear tear. Bueno. Every That's night. from the episode when they go to marriage counseling. Yes. <laughs> see, I'm always saying like, se dice black. black. <laughs> you <guess> black? Negro. <laughs> I mean, but those are the things that like, you just, yeah, you, you don't even think about it anymore. It's just like second nature. Sí, I, I will say, you know, he, he wrote almost all the episodes and when, when you, you know, when I was talking to him about them, you could tell he remembered 
the, you know the, the the episode the moment the lines right. it was it was very clear that this is somebody who who created this with with heart and with love yeah you know, it mean, wasn't I mean, a paycheck I, I mean at this point in time like Basa USA for for us is it it it, it rivals any of the quotes from any of like the most famous movies from Hollywood mm-hmm. to us, it's so ingrained in who we are and in our culture that, yeah, I mean, chia, chia. Pepe, Peter, Papa. Perejil. Perejil. Esto aquí dice Troyinger. I mean, it was honestly, we, you know. Every, every time, every uh, time that I hear a commercial. Or whatever, say, oh, tenemos oficinas in Miami or whatever, whatever. I go, like, mi abuelo, we, bro. Mi abuelo <laughs> driving is cool. We have a office, he said, mi abuelo's sister, mi abuelo's cousin, and mi abuelo's mother-in-law. <laughs> que en un driving school cubano. No permitan. A una chaperona. I mean, I, you know, again, we were done with the interview. We edited, as I mentioned, we edited it down. And even after that, we were sitting at Mojo Donuts. Um, shout out to Jimmy. Thank you for letting us use Mojo. Um, we were there for like another 40 minutes. Yeah, I'm so Like just, just chatting. And and honestly, I told him like, la próxima vez, you know, Luis, that you're in town, you know, reach out to us. Let us know. This time it was donuts. Next time it'll be drinks. Um, or chicken wings. Or chicken wings. We can have chicken wings and drinks. Um, but yeah, he was just such a such a such a wonderfully warm human being yeah and, and, and because he wrote it like yeah like he he was the it. head writer he was a head writer he wrote it yeah um yeah i'm so bummed that i mean you did a great job uh but i'm so bummed that i missed it because i mean get pasa usa from i mean i'm speaking of myself but it's all of us is such a big part of us such I mean, just think about it, 154 episodes how many times oh my we god get pasa usa like, multiple times in one episode i'm yes, sure like yes. yeah Cheers, cheers. <laughs> Speaking of cheering. Speaking of cheers. <laughs> it's time for last soda. Uh, it's time for our last soda. And I know who I'm giving my last soda this okay. week. Okay, who are you giving it to? I am actually giving my last soda to someone that I love and I know you love as well. But, you know, sometimes people get a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame and you're like, they didn't have a star already? Like, what, what do you mean? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. I remember, like, Mariah Carey got her star a couple like, of years yeah, like ago. four years ago or something. And I'm like, but she's been around for, like, 25... Well, I knew she didn't have a star, but, you know... Right, right, right. But, it, it was, but it's just uh, weird that yeah, she didn't have a like, star, right? Yeah, and then sometimes, yeah, you hear people, it's like, wait, they didn't have a star? Well, this week, Kathy Lee Gifford got her star. Really? She Again, didn't she didn't have a star? She like, didn't have a star. And she's only, I think, four stars away from Regis. So... You know, my soda goes to her. I love Kathy Lee Gifford. I know a lot of people think she's cheesy or whatever. But you know what? Not if you followed her recently. What I love about Kathy Lee Gifford is that we live in such a cynical world at this point. Or we have for quite some time. Not only now. And she's so like... I think she's so honest and so pure. And, you know, I know... Especially the point that quote-unquote vieja. A long time ago, she used to get a lot of crap for like always talking about her kids and all that. But she now reached that point where she's in her 60s. And she looks great, by the way. She's phenomenal. And she just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> like, yeah. she doesn't. She, I'm like, did 
Kathy Lee Gifford, like, just, yeah, just say like fuck or whatever. Like, you know, like, <laughs> did she just say that? Did she just say that? And she owns it. Like, she totally owns it. And I mean, I think she's so genuine and she's funny and she just makes you feel good. And I think that she's the type of person that no matter who you are, or what walk of life you mm -hmm. are in or from, like, you can, I don't know if relate to her, but you can find her amusing. Or, or find her funny. There, there, there's enjoy, something enjoy, enjoyable there. Enjoy, yeah. enjoy her. Yeah. And yeah. and you know I think well deserving. She. I mean. I, wow. I, again, I was like, what? You didn't have one? Yeah. But she didn't. So who who did her her speech thingy? Was it Hoda? No, because it was virtual. Oh. Ugh. Virtual. Yeah, I know, right? I'd be so upset. I'd be like, we're doing this again. Yeah. When we can be in person. Actually, you know what? I wanted to talk really quickly about. I know we're in the last sodas, but I really I wanted to to speak about mm -hmm. it on this show. What did you think about the Oscars? Meh. I mean, I guess, you know, last year it was at the the auditorium. This year it's at a train station. Next year it'll be at an old navy. I, I don't I guess that's the trajectory we're at. Awesome. we're at. I mean, and if Morgan Fairchild does not host that Oscars <laughs> over at the kids' department. <laughs> exactly. We have Meryl Streep who's right. going to give <laughs> who's gonna present beauty and uh, you know, makeup and uh, special effects. So I I don't understand how it was a more pared down version and it went just as long. Okay, so I kind of like that they did it in a train station because I thought that they they owned it. They're like, okay, this is not going to be like a regular broadcast, right. like a regular. It, it was a little Golden Globes ish in that sense. It's not going to have the pomp and circumstance of other years. That's great. So let's do something really different. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked the set that they build up. Um, I liked that it was sort of intimate. My only kind of issue was that. The time of the day they started it in would have been five o'clock LA, so it was that kind of like weird sun, you know, right? Right, that the lighting, for like, yeah. The lighting for a couple of hours was a little like, oh, yeah, it, you know. Also, what if you were taking a train that day? Yeah, <laughs> I love how the it opened up with <gasps> Regina King. Can we just have Regina King open up everything? I'm, I'm telling you, Regina King is one of these people that like you don't realize because I think Regina King, it's sort of weird, she's an acclaimed actress. And I love her. You know, I've loved her for forever. Years. But I don't think that she is like. She pops on most people's lists when they think uh, of. Yeah, like, unfortunately. She's not. She's When people think of. They, they think of like a Meryl, a Viola. Yes. You know, like. Uh, yes. For some reason, I don't. I wouldn't say she's an A lister. And I hate using that term. But I know what you mean. But she's not somebody that like they gossip about. You know, that's like at the top of like American pop culture. Right. Right. right, right for right. better or for worse. Right. Right. And I, I yeah, I've loved her forever. Um, and she's a great, great actress. And like, I mean, if you want to talk about somebody who's come a long way because she was Brenda on 227. Yep. As a, you know, a teenage girl. Actor, yeah. And, and I mean, look at her now. Um, so good for her. I freaking love her. I love how she opened up the, the Oscars. Whoever decided to rearrange the categories at the end, like, should be fired. Either fired or have a talking to. Because I remember when they when they presented Best Picture. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was like, wait, did I miss something? I was did like, I go to the bathroom? I was like, wait. Did they give best actress and best actor? Right, when did this and happen? I missed it. I'm like, I haven't, like, I haven't gotten up from my seat. Like, right, I was the same I way. Did I doze off? Same way. Did I doze? I'm like, that. It was whoever... probably the same person, whoever it was that gave Halle Berry that horrible haircut. Yeah, she looked like the Dutch boy. She looked pretty <laughs> awful. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins wasn't there, so like. 
Joaquin Phoenix was kind of like, and we're done. Like, yeah, bye. thanks for coming. Yeah, and it was done. Top so, on the train, go home. <laughs> I mean, because I feel that with Best Picture always being the last one, there's a certain build up to it. Exactly. Right. You know, they they award Best Actress and Best Actor. Then okay, best director. So, so now it's like best director and best picture. Right. Usually, best director will kind we, of tell you who may be winning best picture. Right. But we got best director like halfway through the show. Right. So like, there's a buildup, and then it was like, but, but what? what? Like, I was like, is there going to be like a retrospective? So, like, <laughs> like, what's coming? There's got to be more. There's got to no, be more. No, there wasn't. No, no, thank you. I like, I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, but who did this? Also, the immemorium seemed very fast. Yes, it was like rushed. It was like, how many people was, died was, last year? It, it was to, rushed. Like, and I have to tell you that there were other parts of the sh- of the show that I think could have been cut to give the In Memoriam a little bit of more... Breathing. breathing yeah. More. Because it was... Yeah, it was rushed. It was like one person after another. That, I mean, when you finished reading the name of the person, it was like, on to the next. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no. There was no time. So it was just... There were certain elements of it that I appreciated. I also... I Me, like, I'm sure millions of people... I was not excited about it. You know, I'm a movie buff. Well, so are you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hadn't seen any of these movies. Um, I saw Nomadland. Oh, yeah? Oh, it's on Hulu. <laughs> I love her. No, she's great, but it's not Like, I love that she's like, no fucks given. I love it. I love it. To get the Oscar. I love and it. Whatever. That, that, Frances McDormand probably rolled off a train right before she picked up her right. award. She, she, she stopped <laughs> at the train station. She's like, oh, hold on. She's like, I love her too, you know. Um, I love Fargo. I just got to put that out there. <laughs> Whoever has, you do notice that in Fargo, she's eating the entire time. She was pregnant. Right, she was pregnant. Do you, don't you love that she's pregnant on the, in Fargo, but there's no talking about her being pregnant? Like her being pregnant has nothing to do with, with the plot. Right, it's right. not like... Uh, it doesn't hurt her. It doesn't help her. Right, right. It, it's, she's not, just pregnant. it's not a plot point. She just is. She's just pregnant. Like there's, I don't think they mentioned that she's pregnant once. Like <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so yeah, the Academy Awards in the middle of our sodas. In the middle of our sodas. Well, I'm gonna keep my sodas short and sweet. I'm actually giving it. It's a little bit of a of a twofer. I am giving it to um, Beauty and the Baker, with a side yes. of Netflix. Now, okay, I saw that it was top 10 it last It was week. top 10, and there's already, again, rumors are rumors, but there's already rumors swirling around that Netflix is considering exploring, maybe possibly bringing it back, you know, yes. as, as a thing. Um, we've talked about Baker and the Beauty on this show before. Is it a whole contract thing that, like, the people are on a contract? I mean, they whatever. probably have to re-sign contracts, and maybe some of these people are on other projects now. You know, I mean, the, the, right. logistics, shall we say. Um, but what I what I wanted to do is, A, give it because of, A, I love, we love the show, but, you know... More and more, I know people complain about Netflix and uh, you know, the, the big corporate and this and that. But you know what? You can't you can't get too mad at a company that consistently has demonstrated their commitment to diversity in storytelling. Yeah, you know, from Hentified to Selena to you know um, the the all the boys I've loved before, one day at a time. To you know, they they have a commitment to diversity in the storytelling. And if they do move forward with a season two... They're talking the talk and walking the walk. Exactly. You know, I think that's very important. And I want to call them out on it and commend them for it. Yeah, when I saw last week that it was was top ten, I was like, Gonyo, this little show from like got canceled from ABC. Mm -hmm. I was actually very... I mean, great. But I was actually very surprised. I genuinely think that that's a show that got canceled. It was hurt by the pandemic. 
pandemic in the sense that because of the pandemic, they probably could not do the marketing blitz that they normally would have. And it was probably changed schedules. Right. Because they had to figure out what the hell to do. We don't have programming, so let's move it up in the schedule, move it back. Or, you know, there was, I'm sure, I'm sure that the, the, the you know, the pandemic heard it from various, um, you know, angles. But yeah, uh, you know, Beauty and the Baker. So there's a and, rumor they're going to do a season two. There's a rumor that they're exploring be- because of the fact it was top 10. You know what I mean? Like because it was a hit, quote unquote, on Netflix. They're like, well, let's let's talk about it. Let's have that conversation. Well, yeah. good. So we'll see. So we'll see what happens. Good. Good for them. Good for them. Well, yeah. So baked goods, sodas, and chicken wings. Mm. I know I'm hungry. We just ate. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, everybody, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And as always, remember to grab your uh, pastelito, your croqueta, and your cafecito. Yep. And thank you so much for joining us. That was episode 154. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Remember, our wings. Uh, yeah, keep ping an eye pong, out. Ping pong um, ping pollo. Pong pollo. <laughs> ping, pong, <laughs> ping pong wing. Ping pong pollo on uh, ping pong pollo MIA on yes. Instagram. Um, check us out. We're going to be updating it with like everything that's coming you know, in this new project. And again, we thank you all so much. We could not do any of this without you guys. That's for damn sure. Cuídense, mi gente. Bye. Pero Let Me Tell You is co-hosted by Darian Borges and Ismaeliano. Produced by Ismaeliano. And our theme, Pero Let Me Tell You Freestyle, is composed by Michael Angelo Lomlaplex, the official gay guy. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 